Hey, you got Frank with the Everyday Sniper, and I'm at SHOT Show here with two special guests. You guys are not going to believe it. I'm sitting down with Brian Litz from Applied Ballistic, Burger Lapua, and Emil Praslik. He's with Lapua himself and world-famous AMU shooter. Glad to have you guys on the Everyday Sniper podcast. How you doing today? Good. Glad to be here. Yeah, good. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, yep. Saw you at the Precision Rifle Expo, Emil. You're giving WEN lessons and stuff. We had a pretty good time joking around about weather balloons and things. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, your, your class was next to my class. We were the only guys up there dropping F-bombs. <laughs> so I, as, soon as, as soon as I dropped my first F-bomb, you came over like, okay, I heard you drop an F-bomb. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the way it goes, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you never know what our audience. But um, how you guys liking SHOT? Uh, you seen anything good out there, or are you too busy working the booths? I've been in a lot of meetings, but you know, it seems it seems like a typical year. A lot of a lot of new stuff coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me too. You know, the 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 more the more I do these as a as a as a employee of a company mm -hmm. that's displaying here, the less I see. Uh, but you know, for me, the the real pro proliferation is these uh, scopes that do more than just you know have a crosshair. Right. You know, and that's, you know, integrating a lot of technology. So that's the, to me, that you know, all the integration technology, especially stuff that Brian does, you know, with devices and people just resolving trajectories better. That's huge it with is. the Garmin's, the SIG products mm -hmm. and all the different, even Leica over here, I guess, has your integration as mm -hmm. well. Um, that AB light that you have is it's just, just moving right along and it's allowing people to put it in all these devices that everybody wants so that's a really good thing and system integration is big so definitely yeah a lot of the optics companies are are now electro optics companies and they're getting into areas of technology that they haven't um, manifested internally over the years you know the electronics and the ballistics part of it so they're they look for partners that you know have experience doing that and integrating with them so you know we're kind of the you know we've integrated with a lot of partners starting with Kestrel years ago and as more and more of the optics companies come online, we're, you know, we've got something for every level. Like it started with elite at the top level, um, but not everything is at that level. You know, you need yeah. something at all points. And so, you know, we've got the AV light. Um, the SIG VDX is, has been very well accepted since it was introduced. And um, I mean, that's just another example. We're gonna keep doing more things. And um, the, thing I, the thing I'd like to talk about on that, if I can go on a little bit of a tangent is, you know, we talk about the electro-optics, they're great, the technology um, can even be a lot of fun. I think that something that we have to keep a, an eye on is not losing track of fundamentals. Yep. I know that's something you're big on, Frank, is, you know, technology's great, um, but shooting isn't a video game. Right. You know, there's still physical stuff that goes on, and I know Amos big on this too, sight alignment, trigger control, and if you don't execute a shot well, uh, you can't expect a good result no matter how fast your processor is in your scope. Right, right, no, and, and what do you think about this trend with, on the tactical side of guys going to these 26 pound guns with the six millimeters to make up for the bad fundamentals? Um, I mean, they're, they're carrying a lot of weight when it could take just a little bit of more practice, you know? Um, a heavy gun will let you spot recoil better, uh, quicker, even if you have good fundamentals. So I wouldn't say that a, a heavy gun is only necessarily to mask poor fundamentals, but it can it can have that effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, you know, like I guess you know, I spent all a lot of years at the Army Marksmanship Unit. You know, I coached down there for about 15 years, and you know, the problem with 
essentially gaming a, a scenario, right? I mean, that's really what you're doing. If you make your gun 25, 26 pounds, so you can manipulate the bolt, stay on target, all somebody has to do is change the scenario. Yes. Is change the change the paradigm, and then next thing you know, you're that's a liability. So, you know, it it's something you see a lot now. The the entry level of like PRS, the entry level of like F class, uh, where guys say, well, I can build a gun like this. I can get an auto trickler, I can get, or a Prometheus, or whatever it is, I can load to within a kernel, mm -hmm. and I'm instantly competitive. Well, as long as the game stays like that. Right. But if you don't put the time in on your elbows, and even, you know, alt vary your training with unsupported position shooting, you know, not, not particularly NRA high power stuff on a golf course, but just position yeah. shooting where you don't have bags and sticks and all this other stuff, because, if and when you need it, you're going to be a more complete guy. Yeah. It's always been like that, and it I'm, always will be. We're all in agreement, 100%, man. You guys are just spot on, and anybody listening, take that to the bank. You know, this is good stuff. And let's, like, transition right into there. You're talking about loading and trickling. Let's talk some brass stuff going on and what you guys have coming out on the Lapua and Burger side of things. Because uh, we're in the Lapua booth here, in the, in the Burger booth. So uh, I know you got new solids, new bullets, things like that. Yeah, so we're pretty excited. We have our new six millimeter Creedmoor brass. Uh, it's a small rifle primer. And uh, we're introducing six millimeter Creedmoor into our Burger ammunition line. Okay. Uh, you know, we launched our Burger ammunition last July and it's been really, really successful for us. Uh, one thing I really like, I shoot the ammo in competition and uh, I do, you know, I break a lot of hearts with guys that are hand loading, yeah. shooting that burger, that burger loaded ammunition, because the way that they're loading it, our SDs are between, you know, eight and ten, and uh, really good accuracy. We have a 300 meter test tunnel down in Mesa where we do all of our mm -hmm. our load development and loading, so we can really resolve, figure out what works, and we're using all premium components. So. What I tell a lot of people that are just getting into the game, I talked to a gun builder yesterday, you know, uh, he was asking, hey, could we get uh, powder and bullets and brass from you guys all of one lot? And I said, hey man, why don't you just buy some ammunition? And then, because our burger ammunition comes with a Lapua cartridge case and a burger bullet. And for the price that we're selling it, you can't go to Midway or Graphs and buy those components and put that ammunition together cheaper than the price that we're selling it. Nice. So buy some ammo, see, you know, see what see if that bullet works for you. And then even if you think you can handle it better, and you might be able to, you you then have once fired Lapua brass for your rifle. Exactly. Which you really bought at a discount. There you go. I mean that's great advice. I mean I used to buy it by the case when it was with Caltron. Yeah. You know, and I that's all I used to shoot was that stuff when I when I shot down in Texas with it and still have stacks and stacks of wooden cases at the house. And uh, they just did that uh, pre-production nucleus of the, the Patriot Valley Hancock and all that. It's like a $1,900 uh, 6BR tactical rifle. Well, I had the two cases of the Lapua, the uh, 6BR. And so I'm just breaking that out. Mm -hmm. And now I got it, and that's what I'm doing. I'm shooting your ammo factory 6BR out of my, you know, production class PRS gun. So we're, we've got the six millimeter Creedmoor ammo with a 95 grain classic hunter and the 105 hybrid. Mm -hmm. And uh, in our 6.5 line, we're adding new projectiles to 6.5 Creedmoor. You know, we still have, you know, 308, 300 wind mag, 
You can get three hundred win map with two fifteen, two thirty burger hybrids, yep. all the way up to three three eight Norma. We're loading in six forty seven and six five by forty seven. We're going to be introducing one hundred and forty grain hybrid nice. ammunition. And uh, on the Lapua side, you know, Lapua makes fantastic loaded ammunition as well. So uh, we're making some, we're bringing in some Lapua loaded ammo with the 139 Skinar mm -hmm. for lots of guys like that bullet, they like that combo. And also we have their, their hunting bullet, it's a Naturalis, so it's a solid copper core bullet that is designed for deep penetration and expansion. Awesome. So those are, two, those are some products we're pretty excited about. I still hoard from back in the day the 308, the uh, 170 HPS, the staked sniper load, right. the high precision sniper round. I hoard those cases. So I had those from back in the day. So we gone there from the brass bullets and all that. Brian, tell us about the new stuff you guys have coming at Burger. Uh, yeah, so the solid bullet, um, we just talked about the Neutralis, it's a solid hunting bullet. Um, the solid bullet that we have at Burger is uh, for altogether different application. It's for extreme long range shooting, it's 375 caliber. And there's two weights, there's a 379 and a 407. Um, 379 has a G7 BC of 480, and the 407 is at 510. Nice. So that's right at, like if you were to think of a G1 BC for that bullet, it's right at 1, 1 1.0. There you go. Is one high? Yeah, <laughs> well, one high. What's high score mean? Did I break it? <laughs> it one's one. <laughs> right? Um, so for shooting those distances, like you can use a BC, but you know, the best way is to use a custom drag model. And yep. we've tested these bullets extensively on radar and have very well-refined custom drag models for them. Um, they transition through transonic really well. Mm. You can even load them subsonic and they'll shoot out of a seven twist, good groups at, at least 100 yards. We haven't tried it much further than that yet. Uh, but they're a very stable bullet, very high performance bullet, and a very consistent bullet. Those were very easy attributes to get one at a time, but to get all three of those attributes in the same bullet, it took us two years of development. Um, some of your listeners might remember in 2016, Berger, when we first started messing with the solid bullets, um, Mitch Fitzpatrick won the 2016 King of Two Miles with the first version of the Absolutely. Berger prototypes. And like, you know, we thought, all right, we've got a great bullet. Well, then the more we shot it, we started noticing some inconsistencies and like, wait a minute, this isn't ready yet. So we spent the next two years trying to make a high performance, consistent bullet that really offered something a level above what's available now, uh, you know, from other places. And, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't call it. Yeah, sorry about that. People trying to call me, freaking idiots. Um. <laughs> No, but we've been shooting that bullet all year in competition, and it's been very consistent and reliable from from the beginning of the year. Um, April is whenever we started our first match with it, and we won the world's longest shot challenge with that bullet. And the bullet was actually designed in conjunction with a cartridge um, from Applied Ballistics Weapons Division. We developed the 375 and 338 enabler cartridge. Enabler stands for Engineered by Applied Ballistics for Extreme Long Range. Nice. And it's um. It's not a like a super big wildcat cartridge that we've done that. We did that with the 375 lethal mag and it creates a lot of velocity and pressure migration issues and fouling, short barrel life. And you know, for um, you know, if you're a practical ELR shooter, you don't want to be dealing with gun problems, you know. I guess if you're any kind of shooter you want to deal with gun no. problems. And this cartridge and bullet were developed together for a military application. Uh, contract that we have to supply extreme range sniper systems. So it has to be magazine feedable, can't cause any issues with longevity. Um, so we developed them together for that application. So um, the 375 enabler cartridge pushes the 407 grain bullet at 2800 feet a second. 
and the lighter 379 bullet at 2,900 feet a second. Nice. So they're, you know, moderate speeds, um, but with the performance of those bullets and the transonic stability, they carry predictability out. We've shot them at and beyond two miles a number of times, so yeah, they're exactly. very reliable. It, it, we're seeing that these bullets are, are going really happy, really far. Uh, just Paul is a good example of what he did over the weekend and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're, we're thousands of yards beyond subsonic now, and these things are still working. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a good thing to see. And, and you're such a huge driver behind the scenes with the ELR community in the U.S. right now, which is even expanded beyond that. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, it's great to see you guys out there at the matches and out there pushing the envelope and making sure this stuff is going to be... I, we talk about trickle down. You know, like in the meetings we had last year, guys are shooting 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, up to six now. Look how much better it made everybody at 2,500 mm -hmm. this previous year when we looked at it. There were so many more hits at 2,500, and that's just going to keep tripping further and further. And yeah, we may be playing at 6,000, but pretty soon we're going to get that substantial amount of hits at 3,000, mm -hmm. and it'll grow farther and farther and farther that way. So I like the trickle-down effect that we're seeing. Yeah, we're filling out the practical envelope now where there's more, you can more practically engage a target at those, you know, 2,500 meter intermediate ranges. Yes, <laughs> yes. You heard that? 2,500 intermediate ranges. <laughs> you, you know? So, no, that's a, that's a fantastic thing. And then, um, you know, as, as usual, with, with the AB stuff, Paul was really big to uh, plug your product that he used it to get dope and nobody has dope at 6,000. He was basically out doping his rifle that day that he did that. But, you know, he was telling everybody how the Kestrel and AB was right on, and he had to use the bigger software to get that far. Mm -hmm. And But still, with the tweaking and adjusting and truing that has to be done, it's now become something predictable for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the bigger software you're referring to, the PC-based version, it's actually the same software. Paul just prefers the interface of the of the laptop, which gives you, a, you know, you can see everything at once, has the, um, the weapon employment zone to calculate hit probability. So, um, but the software, like, um, the parts that we continue to work on for like the SIG BDX and the Kestrel, um, we're doing continuing testing behind the scenes mm -hmm. to build the database of bullets so like when you get an AB device and you build a, a you build a gun profile from the bullet library those that bullet data is stuff that we upload from the lab like several times a month you know we're constantly doing testing and right. updating that live fire data so it's not a static thing like you have access to the latest stuff that we've tested so it's kind of you know that's how we're driving to keep everything accurate and then of course the software is implemented across all the different platforms if it's AB light, every AB light device across any brand is going to give you the same answer. Any AB elite device will give you the same answer. So bringing that standardization to the science of accuracy to ballistics is really what um, what I see our contribution through applied ballistics to be. And, and to the everyman. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter your level down there that, you know, you guys have access to this. And it, it, it'll, it'll help you in the long run instead of trying to stumble through, how do I do this? How do I get dope, you know, and all that stuff? Because you can go online to your site for free and, and, and you can get some tri-dope out of it if you don't really know what's gonna go on. Then you can go back and, and if you decide, hey, I wanna buy a device. Well, now you, you have a taste with it for the free version that you have on your site and then transition Audio? right into any of the other devices, whether it's SIGs, Garmin's, uh, Kestrel, or your app. 
Yeah, the functionality, we try to keep that very similar across the platform so that you can you know, change up whatever device you're using and have somewhat of an idea how to use it. Um, to bring it full circle background where we started, you know, fundamentals, um, you know, before ballistic computers proliferated, everybody shot dope at all the yard lines. And, you know, that was, it's now seen as kind of an archaic waste of time, uh, some people say, but I think the value in that, you know, at the time that you were building your dope every hundred yards, you were also building your fundamentals. And I think that's, mm -hmm. to, to just come back around and hammer on that, like that any time that you spend on the range, even if you know that your fire solution says you can hit a target at 600, go out and shoot it, you know, verify that it's right, verify yourself um, that you're, uh, you know, implementing the fundamentals in, in effective ways. Um, you know, guns like, I think a lot of shooters have the perception that if they get a good rifle and good ammo and good fire solution that hitting the target's a foregone conclusion and that's very much not the case. No. You know, like nobody expects to just buy a nice guitar, Amos a guitar player, to just buy a nice guitar and be able to play your favorite song because you heard it once. Well, you can't just buy the best gun and equipment and suddenly hit targets because you saw it, someone else do it on the internet. Right. You know, practice. It's the fun part, guys. Get out and practice. Exactly. That's a transition to 22. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so, you know, the... I've been shooting a lot of this uh, long range 22 or extreme long range 22 and typically the first target we uh, the matches that I've shot I shot the match that Travis Waller run, ran mm -hmm. down in Texas and I ran, uh, shot a really great match that Jeff Brozovich ran out in Montana and the first targets are usually past 200 uh, typically a 12 inch plate target size and they've been using some flashers stuff on there uh, to indicate hits and some of the camera systems you know, uh, so I think that's one thing that need, continues to, is going to get refined on how we're assessing if these targets are hit or missed. Because um, there's not a great, there's not a huge target signature when a 40 grain rimfire bullet hits a piece of steel, right? And you can't go down and repaint the targets after every guy. So, uh, but it's super cool because it's all the same challenges at ex, as extreme long range. You know. We were shooting, I've shot a couple matches where we're shooting 540, 560 yards. And you know, if you kind of break it down, what the wind is, uh, what the kind of elevation you're using, you're simulating a 375 Shytac at about 2,400 yards. Nice. With a rimfire at about 500. Scale, yep. So you're really building and working those same skill sets. So again, everything is getting driven. So, you know, we use, uh, the La, I use Lapua Center X. Um, that's that's what I've been using as a rimfire ammunition, pretty much. But uh, at SK, which is another one of our our brands, it's a lower price point ammunition. They introduced a long range, 22. So uh, that's that's sorted for velocity. Uh, it's a slightly higher velocity. Um, it's sorted for group size, and so it's a lower price point than the Lapua ammo. It's a great entry level ammo and it should do really well. But the same challenges exist with rim fires, exist with, with ELR center fire, is that velocity variation, that's what kills you. It's not necessarily about accuracy, uh, precision. Right. It's really velocity variation. And, and the, well, the, the one thing I'll tell anybody out there listening that wants to get into 22 rim fire, stay away from supersonic rimfire ammo. Mm -hmm. It's counterintuitive. You'd, you'd think you'd want the fastest rimfire ammo you could get, but that's exactly what you don't want because that little bullet 
goes through the transonic zone and gets unstable just like the big bullets do and it makes predictability very hard. So you want a bullet that starts out subsonic and finishes subsonic. If you pull up a ballistic, pull up AB and like just look at the velocity degradation of rimfire. So for the first three, 400 yards, it drops a lot. And then like from 400 out to like a thousand, it may only change 200 feet per second or something like that. So it's like the old black powder, like mm -hmm. big lead the balls. Ball. Yeah, the big, yep. Right, once they lose their initial velocity, they pretty much go. And so you need to be able to predict that. So the, the wind stuff is is difficult. Yep. Um, and then so, it's, I mean, I use a, I use a, a voodoo rifle. Uh, I that, have one. Well, I'm sure we all do. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're those things are crack. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I've never not had somebody get up after shooting my rifle without a smile. Yeah, and if you yeah. did, you're dead inside, <laughs> right? They, they said they said snipers hide. Paul told me today, snipers hide is the number one driver of sales for voodoo. Yeah, so, I mean, it's fan yeah. they're fantastic, yeah. and so uh, and fun fact, pro tip, they cut their chamber to Lapua Center X ammunition. There you go. Now that, that's a little insider tip for everybody. Yes. Yeah, yep. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's great fun and like it's the same gear. I have a big honking Night Force ATAC R scope on it and you know, I'm holding I think, you know, after 400 something yards, you know, you're having to hold in a reticle and they're still using, I mean, there's even guys using the, the, the prisons. The Charlie Tacks, yeah. The, the Charlie yeah, the, the taco unit, I call it. Yeah, for those that shoot like standard ELR as well as rimfire ELR, you know, using the same sighting system, that's expensive by the time you get that periscope and the, and the scope system. And if you put that in your rimfire rifle, you get more practice with it, you refine it. If there's any issues with it, you can work it out in a, in a rimfire practice and not necessarily have to be on a two-mile range to see your issues. Right. Now you added. Yep. Yeah, and, that, and the best thing about the rimfire stuff is you don't need, you know, there's only a few places in the country that you can shoot the ELR stuff that a rimfire, I mean, you can have a world-class competition if you have access to, say, 600 yards. Yeah, yeah. You know, so get out there, get a rifle, buy some good quality ammo, and take a poke at it. Awesome, guys. I, I'm gonna let you guys go. We all got busy days today. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper Podcast. I think this is gonna be one of the golden episodes, man. You guys drop knowledge bombs hard. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Ciao. Frank. Hey, Frank here, just following up on that interview you heard with Brian and Emil from SHOT Show. I wanna thank those guys for coming on and taking the time to sit down with us. SHOT Show's super busy. Uh, you can hear the noise in the background. We're right in the uh, capstone, the Lapua Burger booth there. And, you know, listen to what these guys say. I mean, I, I personally don't need somebody to validate, but the people out there need somebody to validate. Listen to what I've been saying for so many of these interviews and so many of these podcasts and all the things that I've been talking about over time. And it was reinforced right then from somebody that everyone considers the authority in precision rifle. I mean, these are two seasoned competitors seasoned veteran shooters and guys who are on the tip of the spear when it comes to all things electronics, you know, uh, electro-optical and the things that Brian talked about in the beginning and the system integration. Yet he still said, hey guys, this is not a, uh, you know, video game. You still have to do your job. You still have to go out there and take care of this part of it. It's really, really important to get that all hammered out because it is just, you know, it's that important, your fundamentals. It's that important the way you press the trigger. It, it comes down to all of this stuff. 
and it's more than the bullet you have in the software you're running. It comes down to that human input. Human error is huge. The human factor is the biggest uncontrollable factor out there. You have, you know, the human element when we talk about, well, spin drift. Spin drift is one and a half percent of your elevation, okay? One and a half percent is a good average number of your elevation. Coriolis is less than that. It's more like closer to like 70, you know, 0.75, okay? Where you got one and a half, 0.75, and that's all people want to talk about. That's all they want to discuss. It's, it's all about crunching numbers, crunching numbers, crunching numbers. No, it's not. It's all about you. It's all about the human input. It's all about the human factor with all of this, how you press the trigger, okay? These guys are dropping big, big, big knowledge bombs on you, and I really think you need to listen up and make sure you got what's going on because it's just that important. Okay, it, it really, really is. It's nothing that you're going to find in the book except when it comes to the fundamentals of marksmanship. Okay, you're not going to read the human factor in your software. There's no human factor node. You know what I mean? There's no human factor calculation. It, it, but what you do has the biggest bearing on all of this. Um, I'm away again. I got another interview for you guys to do a Gordon Meal. He shot the Mammoth match. He shot it with the Ashbury rifle. Um, so I have all these things in the can that I want you to be able to hear. But I want to make sure that this Litz interview gets out there in a timely manner and you get to hear what he has to say. And, and it's important, man. Emil is, is, a, is a huge guy in the AMU. He's well known. He's a win god. Okay, He's well known for all that. You don't hear either one of them saying, just let our software do the work. You know, we'll do it all. You, you know, leave it to us. You didn't hear that. Okay. That is super, super important to understand what you didn't hear them say and what you did hear them say. Cause I really, really think it matters. All right, guys. Hey man, this is going to be a little bit less interview. Like I said, I'm out back in Connecticut. I'm doing some follow-up back here, running around. Uh, but I do have a good interview coming up with Gordon Meal. I got some more stuff going on. Glad you're listening to The Everyday Sniper. Please comment. Please share. Please go on to Sniper's Hide, and, and let's hear what you have to say about it. All right, guys, have a good one.